Good morning. This is Kevin Payne, pastor at First Baptist Church in Independence, Missouri. Welcome to our podcast. What you're about to hear is a portion of our worship services that began last Sunday morning at 1030. Every week we gather and sing praises to the living God and hear teachings from His Word found in Scripture. We hope you enjoy the message. If you'd like to hear more, there are more here on the podcast, or you could come and worship with us. Our Bible studies begin at 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings, and our worship begins at 1030. We're located in Independence, Missouri, 500 West Truman Road. Why don't you come and worship with us? Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your presence. We worship in the name of Jesus. It is He and He alone that gives life. Thank you, Father, for this life that we have in Christ, for your indwelling spirit, for the cleansing that only you can give. We pray today, Father, you be with us. Hear our words of praise. Hear our request. Make your spirit to move in our hearts. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Remain standing. Good morning. We're so glad you're here today. Hope you've come with an open heart and open spirit. This is Turkey Week. So that's a great thing. So next week you're going to eat too much or all this week, hopefully. I say hopefully. That's my plan. But anyway, today we're going to talk about a God who is generous in a way that no one else is generous. We're glad you're here today.
Open your Bibles with me this morning, if you would, in your New Testament to the book of Colossians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and we'll start there, and then we're going to go to the book of James later, so you might want to go there too and mark that, book of Colossians, and then the book of James talking today about a thankful life. Appropriately, in the Thanksgiving season, the Thanksgiving season begins a marathon of holiday season, doesn't it? And we're going to eat a lot and talk a lot and spend a lot and travel and be with family and all those kinds of things. And I think it's appropriate that we talk about why we do some of these things and why this nation has has a time where officially we stop everything and say, we're thankful So we're going to talk a little bit about how we can be thankful and make that a practice of our everyday life. Colossians chapter 3. As always, we'll begin with a time of prayer. And I am losing my voice as I speak. So the sermon may be cut short, maybe. It's a season for thankfulness, maybe. (laughs) We'll see. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence today. And Father, we are thankful. We are rich. We eat. We sleep comfortably. We live safely. Thank you. And on top of all those things, you bless us through your son, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the salvation that we have through him for his sacrifice on the cross, for the cleansing we receive because of his blood that has been shed, for the indwelling spirit, for the hope in this life and in the life to come, we thank you. Lord, this week we focus upon you and your generosity towards us. We recognize that every good thing is gift from you. Thank you. Help us to be thankful And use that thankfulness to teach us and guide us, to humble us, and to encourage us. Lord, this morning as we pray, we know that many struggle. Be with them, Father. Some here today are struggling to keep their homes together, to find jobs, to keep jobs, just to stay alive. Be with each of us. Help us to be sensitive to those who struggle. We pray, Father, that you would help us to be generous with what we have towards them. Help us to be compassionate. Help us to give grace as you have given grace to us. As always, we ask you to be with our first responders and our soldiers. Comfort and protect them. Use them to save lives and to bring peace and justice. Comfort their families and their losses. Be with our leaders, give them wisdom and guidance that they might lead us as a nation. Help them be people of integrity. Help them to restrain their passions and desires. Help them to work together for the common good. Lord, help us as a people to stand together. We disagree on everything. And help us to understand that that's all right. Good people disagree. Be with us now, Father. 
Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Turkey Day is here. Whoopee! My wife has great stories from when she worked at William Crisman. Now, I know that many of you are teachers and you've been in different schools. And if you work in schools, you're around the best and the worst of humanity on a daily basis. And Tammy, when she worked at Crisman and then at Liberty, always entertained me with the stories of sometimes the best but almost always the worst. Those were the best stories. One Thanksgiving, they had had a donor come in and give quite a bit of money. And so there were several hundred frozen turkeys made available to families that needed them and there weren't any requirements you didn't have to pass a test or anything if you wanted a free turkey you could come and get a free turkey they thought it was a pretty easy thing to do Tammy was a counselor secretary she worked with the counselors and they had these big pallets full of frozen turkeys and everybody was happy and everybody said thank you except for one the individual was angry because the tur turkey was frozen and the counselor in Tammy's presence said, well, you have to take it home and thaw it and, and cook it so your family can have a good Thanksgiving dinner. And, and isn't that nice that someone donated it? She goes, well, I don't want a frozen turkey. I want a turkey dinner. Can't you, don't you know someone that will cook it for me and bring it to my house? And they said, well, we're sorry, ma'am. You know, they were as nice as they could dealing with a woman, obviously having a bad day. And she got no for an answer. She was mad. Humph. Few expletive deleted, you know, nice words always throw out. So she took her turkey and went home. That night, after school was out, Tammy and the counselor were standing outside, just alongside the parking lot on the sidewalk, and they were waving at the families that were going and the kids. You know, they liked the kids and all those things. And there's this woman who was unhappy with her frozen turkey. She was in the passenger side of the car, and her son was driving the car, and she pulled up and cussed Tammy and the boss out and then she threw the turkey at her out the window and drove off in a flurry of smoke and Tammy muttered under her breath happy freaking Thanksgiving <laughs> true story I do not have to make that up most people are thankful when you give them things but not always and that's just the way it is isn't it hopefully you and I when we are given things will say thank you when people give us things, even if it isn't what we want, hopefully we're gracious enough to say thank you. When people give us things, whether we need them or not, or whether it's unexpected or not, hopefully we're kind enough to say thank you. Today we're going to talk about God giving us things, good things, all good things. And he wants us to practice thankfulness not just with our friends and family but with him too follow along with me as I read in Colossians chapter 3 I'll read verses 15 through 17 Colossians 3 beginning at verse 15 and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. A thankful life can lead us to have a healthy focus on Jesus. 
Preachers say all the time, it's all about Jesus. I find myself thinking that all the time, and you, I say it here, it's all about Jesus. And sometimes maybe we need to connect the dots. Well, how can be thankful for turkey and dressing? How does that lead us to Jesus Christ? Is there some kind of weird imagery there, like preachers sometimes generate, or is there something better than that? When we're talking about being thankful, we're not just talking about turkey and dressing, are we? We're talking about life. And when we begin to practice thanksgiving, we learn that it really is all about Jesus. Paul wanted us just to practice thanksgiving as a matter of course. Now, you might want to remember that some of the people he was writing to were doing really well in life. And some of them were slaves. He did not distinguish between those the haves and the have-nots, those with freedom and those with slavery. Didn't make a distinction there. Practice thankfulness. Learn to be thankful as a discipline, in other words, even when you don't feel like it. Learn to practice discipline. You know, that idea that is pervasive in our culture, that you follow your feelings, is nonsense, isn't it? Sometimes what you need to do is the right thing. Sometimes you need to do what the biblical material teaches us to do, regardless of how you feel right now. Sometimes you feel thankful and be thankful. And sometimes you're not very thankful. Practice thankfulness then too. So in verse 15, he talks about this living the Christian life. Look at that passage again, if you would. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. So... He's talking to people, living a hard life, some of them, telling them to trust Christ each day and be thankful. Now, to be honest, some of them did not have a lot for which to be thankful. Some of them were wealthy. Some of them were slave owners. They were doing great. And then there were the slaves and the impoverished. And interestingly enough, in Colossae, there were people in the church that were mixed up demographically. So there was the rich and the poor, the free and the slave, and they were all together. And by definition, they were all one. And that was a very unique thing because in ancient cultures, you didn't do that. You didn't mix with people that were out of your status. You mixed with people just like you. But in the church, there was this teaching that we are all one in Christ. In the church, there was this idea that everybody who receives Jesus as Savior could be saved and that they were recreated, that there were new creatures in Christ, and that everybody was the same from Christ's perspective. So there was this very unique idea, and God wanted them to understand this. So Paul teaches them, trust Christ, teach and counsel each other, and always be thankful. So while you're going to church, while you're learning Bible studies, while you're studying the words of Christ, Practice the discipline of being thankful. So let's talk about the discipline of thankfulness. The discipline of thankfulness is this. When you don't feel thankful, when you're not feeling good, when life is dumped on you, you look at your life and say, what has God given me? Have you eaten? Do you have a home? Are there people in your life who love you? 
Are there people in your life that you love in return? Do you live in a place where it is safe? Do you have a cell phone, a TV, air conditioning, heat, running water, a toilet, etc.? You answer yes to any or all of those, you have more than almost everyone that's ever lived. So even though you might not feel thankful today because of something that's happened, there are reasons to be thankful. So under this idea of following Jesus, of orienting your life towards faith in Jesus, of recognizing how God has worked in your life, you practice thankfulness, even if you don't feel it. It's a discipline, you see, where you just go through it and, and you just say, thank you, Father, and you understand that you have something that God has given you. Now look at verse 16. He begins to tie thankfulness to worship. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So the word of Christ are literally the words of Jesus, the red letters, of course. Now, in the New Testament era, they didn't have completed Bibles, the New Testaments, so they didn't have red letter versions or anything like that. But what they typically did, the words of Christ were recorded and they were passed out from church to church. And then Paul began to write letters and they got circulated from church to church. So even before they had an official Bible, they had what were called the words of Christ. Not only the literal words of Jesus, which we now have in our Bibles, but also some of the Gospels and some of the writings of Paul. And he said, when you do this, part of being thankful is gathering together, and then as you study the words of Christ, you worship. So thankfulness was something not only that you did in your own home. He was saying, Christians, when you get together, you be thankful. And in thankfulness, you worship. You study the word of God. You allow God to teach you. You allow the Holy Spirit to change your heart and your mind. You change your life to serve Jesus. And you practice thankfulness in worship. And in worship, part of what we do, isn't it, is say, thank you, Father. When we give an offering, part of that giving an offering is saying, God, thank you for giving me what you have. Use this to help others. That's part of worship. When you sing songs of praise to God, that's worship where you're saying, thank you, Father, for being God who loves us. When you sing a song that talks about God's love, that is, in essence, a way of saying, thank you, God, for loving me. Two days ago, I led a graveside service, and I closed by having them sing, Jesus loves me. Why don't we sing that right now, okay? Sing it with me. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. How many of you think that song applies to you? Yeah. That's right, you do. You sing it in big church too, don't you, Carl? You sing it in children's church, and you sing it in big church. In worship, we talk about God's love, and we thank God 
for his love. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Some people sing loud, some people sing quiet, some people sing on keys, some people don't. Doesn't matter. In worship, we thank God for who he is. One other thing, look at verse 17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So look at that. Whatever you do in word or deed, your job, your family, your hobbies, your music, your toys, whatever, whatever you do, do in the name of Jesus, giving thanks through him. So, if you have hobbies, be thankful. You have time for hobbies. You have some funds available to spend on your hobbies. They bring pleasure and fulfillment to your life. Give thanks to that. So when Nate sits down and plays his guitar just for fun, that's not only a vocation of him, it's, it's a hobby. When Don works on a hot rod, that's a good thing. You may not have much use for hot rods, but they bring pleasure to him. And as Christian, it's all right to say, Father, thank you for this big, loud, smelly motor. That's all right. You may not like it, but some people do. You know, we have to understand that there's no one way to do it. The idea is that we recognize as we worship and as we live our lives that we stumble through this life and we are given so many gifts from the God who is generous to each of us. Children, parents, grandparents, memories, all those things. They're not just possessions, but, but the things that add richness and fulfillment to our lives, those are gifts from a God who loves us. And so... Paul says to these Colossian Christians, listen, whenever you guys get together and you worship, you be thankful to God because he's given you something to worship, someone to worship, a place to worship, a reason to worship. When you work or when you play, practice thanksgiving. No matter what, whatsoever you do, all the while giving thanks The reason that Paul talks about this is because we just forget. We tend to make things so religious, don't we? You know, and if, if it, as soon as something becomes religious, have you ever noticed this? As soon as something becomes religious, we segment it off and only talk about it on Sunday or on holidays. It becomes religious. And, you know, and it kind of loses, it gains meaning, but it loses its familiarity. And what we have to do is fight that. Now, I do this mental exercise to help me. And, and, you know, I don't know that I want you to act like me or think like me, but this is something that helps me. And I go through some biblical teachings, and they're like this. All things exist through Jesus, because we know that Jesus was creator God, right? He was there at creation, God's creative agent. God has spoken to us. Through Jesus, that's what the author of Hebrews says, in these times, finally, God spoke through his son Jesus to give us the gospel of love and salvation. God has saved us, how? Through Jesus. God dwells within us. We have the Holy Spirit. Why? Because of Jesus, the crucifixion and resurrection and his ascension, right? Everything we have so far. 
And there is hope in this life and in the life to come through Jesus. In this life, no matter what, you can live with the conviction that God is with you. He's not going to fix everything for you, but he will be with you. He will help you. He will encourage you. He will give you hope. And in the life that is to come, you can face death knowing that God is going to care for you. So many people fear death. And at their own death, there are tears and and people don't know what to do. And you've seen all of this before. For the Christian, for you and I who follow Jesus as Savior, here's the hope. When we die, the moment we cease to exist on this earth, we are in the presence of God. Now, we don't know much beyond that, but we are in the presence of God. No more tears, says the book of Revelation, and there is joy. And in Jesus, in the days that are to come, no details, we will be with those who have gone on before us. So in Jamie Copeland's graveside service, I said, Jamie's with her mom and daddy, and she is. My mom and dad are together with my little sister and my big brother waiting for us. Your parents, if they're not still with us, are waiting for you. And we have that hope, not just that they're happy, we we know that, but that hope that we will be reunited. And see, that's all through Jesus. It's not just because we're nice people or we go to church, that has almost nothing to do with it. It's because God has done the hard work of salvation through his son Jesus. And in that, we have hope, see. And the amazing thing about that hope in Jesus is no one can take it from us. No one. They can make religion illegal. They can kill Christians, and it's been done. No one can take your faith away from you. It is forever. It really is all about Jesus, isn't it? One other thing. When we begin to be thankful and practice it, we begin to depend upon God. Now, don't answer these questions out loud. You don't have to raise your hands. How many of you, before you were born, chose your parents? Well, that's silly, isn't it? Of course you didn't. How many of you, before you were born, picked your particular skill set? How many of you chose to have a particular talent before you were born? How many of you chose your body type? Pudgy or bony, muscular or thin, you know. Those are gifts, aren't they? None of you chose any of those things. That is one of those huge things that makes us all equal every one of us has what we have because it's gift from God isn't it some people are given different gifts some people are given a gift to play musical instruments and and learn that language of music and sing and play and entertain and all those kinds of things some of you can't carry tunes in buckets you know who you are right doesn't mean anything you just can't you just weren't given that So does that mean that people who can carry tunes in buckets, does that mean they're better? Of course not. They just have something that you didn't get. Doesn't make anybody any better. And significantly, they can't 
feel better about themselves because they have a gift that you didn't get. See, it can be incredibly humbling. When you begin to understand that everything we have is gift, then it's very humbling. It takes away the arrogance that we so often get. If you would, turn to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Verse 17, every good thing bestowed and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Now, why do you think James wrote that? Because everywhere he went, there were people who felt better about themselves. They felt like they were better than others because they had an ability or they'd been given the ability to make more money or they'd been born into a wealthier family or something. And what he wanted them to do was to understand, listen, if you have something good in life, it is a gift. Now, the challenge is, no, 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 everything I have, I worked for. Well, let's go with that just a minute. Who gave that individual the ability to learn? Who gave that individual the gift of a powerful intellect? Who gave that individual the privilege of being born in this culture? in this time you know you look at history there have been so many people that have been inherently crippled from birth because of the family that they were born into or the culture they were born into or the historical era into which they were born right you and I have been born into a time and in a place where if we work hard and if we have some basic abilities we can achieve great things you see there's no room for arrogance here so when you think about it, it is very humbling when you recognize that everything you have is gift from God because you realize it's not all about you. It, it, like the preacher said, it's all about Jesus and the way God has gifted you. So it's very humbling and it's encouraging. Now why would it be encouraging? Because at birth... We all start the same, kind of messy, kind of smelly, make a noise, right? Every one of us starts out the same, and God blesses us, and he continues to bless us. And the amazing thing is, there's every reason to believe that the God who blessed us with life, who blessed us with family, who blessed us with life in this culture, in this time, there's every reason to believe that that God is still at work, and he's still going to do something in our lives. So it is at the same time humbling and encouraging. No matter what, there's every reason to believe, every reason to believe that the God that has worked in the past will be the God who works with us now and bless us. God blessed me 40 years ago. And I've heard people say that. Great. I bet he's blessed you since then too. Some of you can remember the day that something special happened. Gift from God, good. Has anything happened since then? Well, of course. Gift from God. Interestingly enough, there's a passage of Scripture in the Old Testament. Psalm 16, I said to the Lord, you are my master. All the good things I have come from you. Even before Jesus, the psalmist began to understand that every good thing is gift. So this week... Recognize that that plate full of food in front of you is gift. 
Yes, somebody had to work hard to pay for it. So, it's gift. When you sit down with your family and you fuss about presidents or whatever, or if you're smart, you talk about anything but that, you know, recognize that the ability to talk and converse and get together with family is gift. When you pray before your meal, and I hope you do that, and you say, in the name of Jesus, amen, recognize gift, gift of life, gift of Jesus, gift of hope. Shout with joy to the Lord, O earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him, singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. God is a good God. And he loves you. And he gifts you. And he wants to continue to bless you. Follow him in faith. Receive Jesus as Savior. Each day, turn your life over to his leadership. And allow God to bless you as he wants. Nate's going to come and lead us in a closing hymn of invitation. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for every blessing that you bring to us. Lord, just help us to remember those in our lives that touch us through everything that they do and don't take them for granted. Let's tell them thanks. Let them know how grateful we are for them. And thank you, Father, for the sacrifice of your son and for all the blessings that you give to us. Amen.